Welcome to episode 13 of Gamers Galaxy. Rubik, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Uh, looking forward to this one after a week off. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice little change of pace. We had a little break there, so appreciate you guys staying with us. Uh, today, we have an awesome episode. We got Ysidro with uh, Battle Derby. How are you doing, bud? Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to, to have here friends from Immutable. I'm pretty excited to talk about Battle Derby and how we work with Immutable. So, so yeah, pretty good. Awesome. Appreciate you taking the time to spend with us. A relatively more recent game announced by Immutable. Um, so let's jump right into it. Um, tell us about yourself a little bit and your experience building games and why uh why you guys have pivoted to utilizing blockchain sure um i've been on games around 20 years now um i started in an animation industry in spain um i was in the the most expensive movie for a long time in europe uh, it was called planet 51 and um, also with period studios um they made commandos uh, i don't know if you remember that game so for, from that moment I jumped into games, it was 2007, with the vision to bring up high quality uh, animation and graphics into mobile games that in that time were terrible, to be honest. And uh, then, Wait, yeah, you're, the telling, iPhone... you're telling me that Snake was not high quality graphics? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we are trying to, to improve a little bit that. <laughs> and the thing it was like, it was super hard because we had that kind of JavaScript, mobiles, and it was wow, terrible, terrible experience. And then the iPhone came out and it changed everything. So uh, it took me a, a while because I was super young to, to get investment to, with this value proposition. But I got it in 2013. And for the time, we already had Kings and Rovios who were doing nice IPs already. But anyways, we made uh, with that startup that I made a mobile game startup. I I get uh, awards at the best indie games on PAX East in Boston in 2015, and I worked with Mattel, uh, with with Barbie and, and Hot Wheels brands, and also started to work with Marvel DC. Also with Disney, well, Warner, uh, many others, uh, big companies with this company. So finally, I sold this company to Tactile Games. That this is a pretty um, um, well-known developer in the mobile space. They have made uh, Lily's Garden. That they have raised. Uh, they have made around six thousand, um, six hundred um, uh, millions already on, with this game. It's crazy. So I sold this company, I work in, in, started to work in this game. Um, and in fact, I was in, in 
in Bitcoin because I, I sold it in 2017. So I started with Bitcoin in 2012, um, pretty early. And that's, that was because I was in a libertarian kind of political discussion group and everybody was talking about Bitcoin. Like this is the financial freedom dream, um, whatever. So I basically match uh, games and, and Bitcoin. And then I remember to, to be playing uh, Diablo 3 and we had this auction house and they basically Blizzard turned off uh, the auction house thing. And it was basically playing with this Bitcoin thing and, and making the, the company, uh, the game company. I, uh, and you see, I see the solution for the auction house for Diablo. It was basically that we can use Bitcoin as um, um, a way where people can probably write all their uh, money so they can be like rejected as they, they were in Diablo 3 on auction house, right? So from that moment till 2015, that when I was really investing in Bitcoin heavily and and then I started to really understand how it works. Um, I, are you hearing me? Because I'm talking yep. too much. No, you're no, good. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> actually, okay. actually, I actually want to come back to that um, Diablo 3 point later on when we talk about the blockchain. Um, so just remember that point. That's uh, quite okay. a relevant one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to fin finalize, I, I, when I sold the company, I told myself, oh, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to get one year off, but the month later, I was building up the new startup, this triple O games. It was 2017. <laughs> so you're gonna have a year like, break, but you're, you're gonna have a year break, but you only end up taking a month off. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's entrepreneur things, you know, you yeah, can yeah. stop. It's like, oh you, my God, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so basically um, in that moment, I realized that I have this dream of, of doing something pretty new. I, I, it was the moment that a lot of people was um, basically uh, saying that games, free-to-play games on mobile were scams because everything was pay to win. And with all that, uh, I decided to, to, the, to make this company. So I, I went to Oxford because I really wanted to understand how blockchain works. So I started at Oxford. I present there the, this startup. And um, we, we, uh, I met Ricardo, my, my co-founder, uh, my, my business partner. He worked in AAAs uh, for a long time in, in console, like uh, Assassin's Creed and for Ubisoft, uh, many, many, many games, uh, AAA games. And we just speak together because he also was an uh, investor of Bitcoin since 2014, I think. Yeah, we, we decided just, we love games, we love crypto, let's make it together. And I don't know if you remember, but 2017 was the moment of the ICO exploding thing. And then in 2018, we the, the Bitcoin blows up, down, and, and then we have like the ICO scam, ICO scams, right? Like, oh, we have to suffer what we are suffering right now with NFT thing, you know, like... There were like a super hype thing with the ICOs and, and now it's happening again with the NFT. So we are suffering us again. So we started to develop. I'll ask you something. Sorry, Isidro, about, yeah, yeah. about, about the, the, like how crypto 
ebbs and flows through market bear and bull and all this sentiment. Do you think there'll be a point where gaming uh, decouples from crypto and becomes its own little entity and market conditions like normal games have never, ever been impacted by market conditions. If people want a game, they buy it and they play it. That's always been the case. Um, yeah. So do you think that we have a future with that, with crypto games as well? Or is it we going to be stuck on this train of high and lows? Yeah, so, so my vision, uh, I mean, our vision was we are making any game, I mean, a free-to-play game that I can't compete with any mobile game out there. But we really wanted to put blockchain because we believe that the, the blockchain features, the web three features that we wanted to include, it's going to increase the possibilities and the experience is going to leverage the experience of the, the, the games for the gamers out there. And that was our vision in 2017. And uh, then we, we started to hear about NFTs, of course. Uh, and in fact, in, in Oxford, what I present as my final assignment, it was tokenization of property rights for game assets. And nobody was talking about uh, NFT yet. It, well, we, we had uh, the, the CryptoPunks and we had the CryptoKitties, but it was not like massive, like now everybody understand, right? In that moment, I, I didn't hear about them. I present that, so we, we feel our own like, like pioneers on, on the field. So, so I present that on Oxford at Oxford, and, and then um, started to work on answering your question. So what we suffer, it was like, um, if you are not, when, when we start, if you are not on the high, high blockchain thing, you are not going to get investment. So you have to be talking about the tech, the, the, about the innovation. So we, our communication was like, okay, we are making a game, a great game. But it has these Web3 features of people we are bringing attention. And then Bitcoin blows up and, and goes down pretty fast. And, and then uh, ICO, uh, ICO scams came out. And every, I mean, every investors and everyone was saying, like, if you are on blockchain, you aren't, we, know, we, we don't um, trust you anymore as, yeah. a, as a video game company. Yeah, at that time, so it's the really, same. yeah, basically, it's the same now. Basically, at that same time, um, you know, all the ICO scams happened. A bunch of, of VC money was lost because they were garbage, and yep, um, all the VCs basically said, "Hey, uh, if you're a game company and you're going to be building with blockchain, they didn't they didn't even want to touch it at, at that time." Um, so yep. yeah, yeah, it's the same scenario right now with the. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can tell you that I, I've been here now for a long time, and we, it's the same. I mean, we are in cycles, and we are repeating the, the same scenario again. In that moment, it was ICOs. Now we are suffering with the NFT hype, I think. So, so yeah. But in that moment, uh, I suffer a lot of uh, from the Web three community. In fact, I, I paid a lot because. I criticize a lot to games like Axie Infinity because when I studied Axie Infinity, I saw they, they had a problem, game design problem in terms of how it was made because it was a pyramid scheme. I'm pretty sure that they don't want to do that, but it was there. Like, this game is only going to work if there's new uh, Yeah, it, it, re it, it required uh, new players constantly. Yeah, yeah so they so new they, content. Yeah, yeah, there was a massive support for them because, of course, they are solving something super big. 
but it was not sustainable. And I was criticizing that and a lot of other games that came out in that moment, like this is not the way that we are making games, like traditional games. We are, first of all, we are doing something that people are willing to pay because they are going to have fun, like we always made in games. And then we are utilizing uh, Web3 features, like uh, something that uh, uh, improved the experience, right? So I was super critical in that moment, and I, I, I never was pretty well known in the, in the field because I was not like influencer kind of thing. I was a developer, so... But when I, I was talking about that on, on Twitter, I was, everybody was like killing me, right? So I suffered a lot of that, but I was strong in my vision. Like, first, we are going to have fun in the game. And now it turns out that we are seeing that on the market. So uh, everybody's saying fun first, then we are using Web3 uh, as, a, as a, um, a way to improve the, the game experience. I told you I don't, so. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't understand this, Isidro. Like, you look at, you look at it and you see the, the narrative on Twitter, the crypto Twitter, about how the games have to be fun. It's like, no shit, mate. It has to be fun. Like, there's no, there's, it's not going to work any other way. I, I, was, I actually got into Axie in May 2020, like in the first 20,000 people. And I, got, I made a bit of money out of it. I got lucky. But I, I also introduced a friend into it who invested 50 grand and lost the whole lot. So who's no longer a friend anymore? And, um, you know, I thought that they would have built more product and, you know, all these promises, but they built all the infrastructure first and nothing on their game. And then it crashed, of course. Um, and now they're trying to recover from that. Um, but the, the fact that you, they, people have to actually say that it's got to be fun first, I just, I just, it just baffles me. But now we've got to this point, like your story about this, of, of what's happened in crypto is created a, like this war against crypto because of the things that have happened and because of the types of games that came out and because of the IKO scams and all the scams. So now like, you, you're kind of like damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like, if you go for the gamers, they're against, pure gamers, they're against crypto in your game. You say they might not support you. And if you go, for, if you don't, if you go in, if you don't go for the, the, the speculator style, the gambling style crypto side of yep. your game, then you, you won't get the degens. So you're kind of like, how do we, when, how do you see us getting out of this and getting to that point where, where gamers just trust crypto and in their games and start, you know, supporting the games that they love? Yeah. So, so it's pretty easy for me. I mean, it's pretty straightforward in, in terms of a game, it's a game and we, we play games because we love the experience that uh, it gives us in terms of entertainment. Um, everything related um, about the gameplay itself, it's a plug, right? Like it, we are plugins that it could be, for example, um, let's say we have the main gameplay and then we have events. Events, it's a feature that can retain you more because you are more participating in more things inside the game and it, it, make, uh, it make, uh, make the game more fun. So Web3 scenario here, it's, um, and this is something that is a reality. We are not talking about crypto. We are talking about what crypto allow us to do in games. What allow us to do? First of all, uh, be, uh, have ownership of the game items. That's a pretty clear value proposition and it's there. If you understand that, it's pretty clear that I don't know when, but someone is going to include this in a modern games that is going to be really good because people really wanted to 
to have ownership of, of the game items. Why? Well, for a lot of reasons, but the first one would be maybe because I spent a lot of time playing and I, I, I spent one year to get this sword, let's, let's speak about something, sword, and then I can sell it to someone else, probably a newbie that is starting and he has a lot of money and he is able to, to pay for this sword just because it looks good or because it gives me more power inside the game. And this is the reality in the real world, and we bring this reality into games. The problem is that we have designed, I mean, the problem with the most Web3 game publishers out there is they have focused so much into this, like this is the Web3 first and then the game second, the, the loose side. So basically everything just um, ends by their own weight, you know, yeah. like... Yeah. So this is this is this is a good segue into actually talking about your game. Um, I think we should move on yeah. to it and talk about yeah. Battle Derby and and the inspiration for it for that actual game and and maybe your greater uh, vision for for your project. Yeah, sure. So Battle Derby is a um, battle car game where we um, mixed a feeling between Rocket League, let's say, and Fortnite or. Mario Kart, it's a kind of mixture of all those games, but for mobile. That means that it has to be um, for mid, casual mid players, because as you know, on mobile, it's hard to, to find hardcore players. And um, the, the idea here it was to create a new genre, that it was like there were anything like we are trying to make out there. There's similar things, but not like we are creating. It's basically kind of, again, Rocket League and then Bro Stars, let's say, for mobile. Uh, or Bro yeah. Star with, with cars, but it's not three versus three. It's, we have plenty of game modes. So uh, we create that in order to compete with any mobile game out there. So we didn't think, never we think about Web3 like it's going to change our life. It's if we really want to compete with Supercell or other game developer, mobile developer outside, um, we really have to bring up a high quality game. So that was the, the experience of Battle Larry. So what do, why Web3? Well, because our hypothesis was, I, I worked a lot on, on, on mobile, and I, I know how developers suffer to retain users uh, on mobile. So they do paid user campaigns, and then, they really um, work a lot on to retain users. Web3 is completely different approach. You uh, basically create a community, the community is loyal, and, and it's retained, and they are waiting for your game. On mobile, it's completely different. So our hypothesis was, if the game, if, if players now can have the ownership and they can trade game items, we are going to have better KPIs. It could be better, engagement, better retention, better um, willing to pay, you know, I mean, those KPIs are going to improve and th those are our hypotheses and that's why we, we are working on more organ organically and more coming from the fundamentals on, on yeah. development. I know like, I think, one, one of the first games I remember playing um, 
as a you know younger kid, I, I remember playing uh, Twisted Metal, and um, yep. this game kind of gives me that vibe uh, because you know like you, you have these battle cars and stuff like that, and then um, so tell us a little bit about like some of the core game loops of, of the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you mean this, the, the 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 core game loops or 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 the inspiration? Yeah, the the core kind of the core game loop of of how you're going to be playing the game um, along with the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So so the first thing it's bringing up the arcade um, feeling. It was super tough because if we wanted to bring this arcade look and feel. Uh, in terms of gameplay, uh, we had a problem. First of all, um, it's multiplayer, and uh, the latency has to be really low, so the technology we're working on has to be re- really good. In games like most games, like um, Brawl Stars and other games, we are playing with biped, and you move slow, even League of Legends or those kind of games. Uh, so it will, it will be like more like a shooter, Right, like you have to move fast and things like that. So we were working also with eSport teams and uh, eSport um, uh, boys and girls who are playing, giving a lot of feedback to really bring up this experience. So that was key for us uh, that you can enjoy something super arcade uh, with cars in, in the game. And then inspiration, uh, Rocket League is one one of them. Uh, of course, our game is completely different to Rocket League. Uh, in terms of uh, how you play, because you you play on mobile, um, the the camera is completely different. Uh, but the look and feel can can remember you to to this kind of game. Uh, then you have a lot of spice from Fortnite and Mario Kart and all that kind of games. And core game loop, uh, I would say, it was super similar to the Supercell ones. Um, you basically have. Uh, the first match that you do is that match, and so uh, you have a, a lot of people playing with you, uh, killing each other in a fast way pace, uh, killing, and then you are unlocking different kind of game modes. Uh, you will have battle royale, uh, capture the flag, these kind of game modes uh, want to be included. Even the Rocket League kind of uh, game mode, and then you have this progression system that's pretty similar to Supercell, where you have leagues. And uh, you are advancing, and then you have a lot of cars uh, that you, uh, and then you have events, and every event uh, has to be with special cars. So it could be trucks, um, um, a Ferrari, for example. So we ensure that you enjoy with all cars that we are having there. So we are creating engagement there as well. So there is a ton of work on the core gameplay and the meta game. I mean the, the whole structure of the game. So you can see Battle Derby, and if you play a little bit, you Wait, will I, have a lot. I've played the game. It's, it's a it's a lot of fun. The game, um, and it's very crisp feeling already. Like as in, like it feels ready to come out. It, how how is the development progressing? Is it Nelly ready to come out for? Yeah. For for. Yeah, so, so now we have in October our third soft launch, and also the public beta. Uh, because we, when we speak about Web3, we speak about the betas, and when we speak about uh, mobile, we speak about soft launch. So in this soft launch, we are going to measure long-term retention, and that would be events. So we, you will be able to, to play with events. And then in December, we're going to uh, start to monetize uh, things. So we are going to basically 
uh, creating the shop and so you will be able to purchase the, the soft currency, hard currency, also the token. And that's where the magic happens for us. I mean, where we work the most, it's what we call proof of a skill. It's not a consensus mechanism. It's an uh, incentive uh, mechanism where only the best, like any game, uh, earn the tokens or NFTs. Uh, so we, uh, that way we ensure that we have a sustainable economy uh, because it doesn't matter how, how many players are coming into the game, we have a reward pool, and if you want to uh, have access to that reward pool, then you need an NFT card, and then be super skilled uh, to be good in the tournaments. That's the way it's pretty sports. That way you can access to the reward pool and get tokens. So that's basically how it works. Uh, pretty straightforward. Mm, a free-to-play player can uh, participate in tournament and they can earn uh, an NFT. And for us, it's really important for those players that they don't know what's under the hood. Uh, what, I, what I mean for that, it's like, um, we call it NFT, but we can call it like a special car. They will have the property right of it and then can trade it uh, for the local currency. Like 99% of Web2 players are asking for this feature without knowing that they are using a wallet, <laughs> they are using um, blockchain and NFT. And that's what we are approaching with Immutable, right? This soft onboarding experience for these kind of players that are not used to trade, go to an exchange, buy a token, so that's what we are trying to do for all that gamers. We are speaking about 2.6 billion players on mobile. It's huge. Yeah, it's, and if it's we crazy. Can attract only, if we can attract only 1% of those to, to Web3, we are going to help the Web3 uh, um, yeah, uh, investors. Uh, yeah, absolutely. At the same time, right? so, so kind of segueing from that uh, into the next one, why you know why choosing immutable you kind of mentioned with like the the ease of of transitioning players and things like that um why why choose immutable and and are you building with the zk evm or the stark x implementation yeah so so we started with immutable x and we are going to jump into zk evm but why we choose immutable first of all um there's many strategy as a company I mean, Immutable is one of the best position companies out there right now. The value proposition is pretty aligned with us. Like, we wanted the same, like, the same kind of stuff. And they are doing a soft landing for, I mean, if you want to include, well, I can tell you huge stories about this, including blockchain technology. We have used from 2017, oh, so many, like EOS. Uh, well, I don't want to distract you, but many was so tough to include and to be smooth inside the game that it was impossible because we were using Unity and uh, it was almost like creating a new blockchain protocol for, for that. So the reason we, we love Immutable is so easy to implement for us. We had a lot of support from, from the tech team and also uh, we are getting a lot of help in the um, go-to-market strategy and we are helping each other, right? So, so yeah, that's the reason we are using Immutable. They, they just released 
passport so we are going to have account instruction that's key because a lot of web 2 players don't want to create a wallet and now they can use account instruction with immutable passport and they don't need to or they don't have to do the the process of uh, of the seed phrase or all, all this stuff right yeah. they, they go direct connect with google account and things like that so that smooth experience a lot for gamers what about um moving on to the the best thing it is about working with immutable what have you found to, on, to be honest uh to be one-on-one like uh hand by the hand like um they are pretty supportive in everything that we need they really love the game and we really appreciate that to have a partner that really appreciate you it, it's kind of shocking for, for us in having in mind that they have their own games like uh, Guild Guardians and in fact in, 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 in our game we have one member of Guild of Guardians uh, for example and, and that's the reason we, we spoke with Murabo. Uh, and but having know that that they are spending so much resources in, in other games like us it's I mean that's the best thing you say sure. you've worked with you've worked with a lot of like blockchains in the past. I know I think Chromium was yeah. one as well. Um, is, yeah, well how, so are you, how, how are you finding the difference of a chain of team that's built just for gaming that a whole hundred percent focuses on gaming versus a general purpose chain? Well, first of all, Chromium invests in us, uh, so we also we're trying to use Chromium, but they are also in testnet yet. So they have like bigger plans as a, as a chain. So we can utilize their technology yet because it's not ready. Uh, that doesn't mean that they don't have a huge value proposition, but it, it is clear that uh, it's different focus, um, but it's also a compatible one. So one of the things that they are doing right now is Ori- Chromia Origins Marketplace. Uh, so they uh, want also support games as well. Um, we are pushing forward to be compatible with Chromia, Immutable, and we understand each other, right? Like, this is another fight. I, I think um, everyone has their value position. And we have, as a, as a game developer, we have to get the best of any, any uh, platform out there. We use a lot of things. We use Solana. We use... Uh, we, we, we Oh my God, we use so many technologies, uh, we get lost, and we, we decided to stop. It, it was 2020, uh, we said, no, let's focus on the game, because we can't do that anymore. We are changing technology any, every, every two months. You know? it's, not, it's not just the tech, though. It, when, when, you, when you go from one um, platform to the next, your user experience completely falls apart because they don't have the exact same tools on in every uh, environment, right? So anytime that a user is interacting with the game or their NFTs and they're, they have to go and switch from mobile, then go to a web page and, and interact with anything, it, it just becomes cumbersome, right? And, and there's, no, there's a, a huge disconnect when it comes to that so yeah. i think like the bigger thing with um c- continuity and and uh user engagement and things like that uh it makes sense to narrow it down 
Yeah, we, we, we are, I mean, if we speak about protocols in terms of blockchain, uh, the challenge are, one of them were scalability, as everybody knows, and then the other one is usability. And f for that, Web2 is miles ahead on that. If we wanted to, in games, if we really wanted to engage players, real players, we really need to improve that. And Immutable is doing that. It's doing... Yeah. Uh, really good use experience uh, in a way that users don't have to be preoccupied about if we are using blockchain or AI or any other technology. They just wanted to play and get features that they can enjoy. And Immutable understood that and they started to play with it. So for us, it was key. That it's key. Um, it's awesome to, to see that they are doing it. What's our last question about Immutable? Um, what's your suggestion for improvement for immutable and you don't have to give an answer if you don't want to but there's only been one person that's given an answer <laughs> well this is a good one i think um one of the we are many games out there i don't know how many games probably knows more than me but i think it's 200 more than 200 yeah right 200 yeah. i think they have like different kind of agreements and we suffer that on gamescom uh, they have the first of all they have their own studio games like um they they, they build yep. their own games right Five games. then they have like other studios games that they are funding and then uh, there's the grand thing where we get benefit of like they they offer you support and, and all that so different tires so the support, it's different. And for example, when we were in Gamescom, and, and being pretty honest here, uh, we were lost in terms of, like, like for example, with Infinity Victory, we saw that there was support from the CEO from Immutable, there was support from the community from Immutable, and they have like a lot of users. They, they got like 5,000 users in Twitter, like in three days, and we were like, watching and we didn't understand what's happening and then later on we understand that because i talked with the immutable team like oh no 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 we have a different kind of agreements with the teams like we, we invest in in this game and we create this game i didn't know that so yeah. we suffer a lot because of that we 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 feel a little bit lost and and, and uh, alone a little bit like oh no we 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 thought that we were like favorites game. So you think maybe you might like set expectations for that earlier on so that you understand the tears like, or yeah, rather so, like, find out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, better communication. And also ask them like how we can improve that. Like how can I get more attention from Immutable? Because for me, that would be, if I want to get more investment and I, I want to, to attract community to my game, uh, first of all, I have to do it with my partners. <laughs> so I talk with them like, what would you like to see in the game where you will be able to spawn more resources, spend more resources of what you, you got? Probably because our cars, uh, game is cars, probably because I have an agreement with um, cars brands like Audi or Volkswagen or I don't know what's what what would the, what would be the deal. So I'm fighting with that as a CEO. At the end of the day, my okay. fight is how can I put value not only for 
the community and the gamers, also for, for my partners. So I also get most of, of, of my partners. Um, so yeah, that would be the thing I would improve, let's say. Yep. Okay. So I'm sorry I'm doing all the talking, but we're moving on to like a little part of fun. We're going to wrap up pretty soon because Suze has to head out. Um, so yeah. we've got to move on. We asked every guest 10 questions. Um, okay. And it's like one word answers only. Uh, so you can, and you can pass. So uh, let's go. What do, you, what do you prefer to watch, sports or esports streamers? Esports. Um, streamers. Do you prefer to play sports or video games? Video games, for sure. Messi or Ronaldo? Ah, how it went. <laughs> I, would say, I would say Ronaldo because the, the mindset. Okay. Xbox, PlayStation or PC? PlayStation. What is your favorite sport? Ah, uh, let's say soccer, football. Cool. Uh, books or movies? What do you prefer to do? Watch a book, read a book, or watch movie. a movie? So, what, what's your favorite movie then? Blade Runner. It's my favorite one. Yeah. Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari, or, <laughs> Ferrari or Lamborghini? Oh my God! This is a really hard one. <laughs> Lamborghini. Oh my God! So hard. Ferrari. So. <laughs> Ferrari. Okay. Uh, your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, sorry? My favorite what? Ice cream flavor? Ice cream, vanilla. Um, one word to describe Elon Musk. Oh my God, crazy motherfucker. <laughs> that works. <laughs> crazy, crazy motherfucker works. <laughs> makes the world better, I think. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's yeah. All right, that's it. Let's leave it at that. One word answers. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. Video game that popped your... The, sorry. The video game that popped your cherry. Ah, uh, Diablo, for sure. Cool. That's awesome. And in fact, you, you wanted to talk about Diablo, right? Ah. Oh, I think we're running out of time, mate. But it was more about... Uh, uh, it was more about the, the, the reason why they shut that marketplace down was because of how it destroyed the game sentiment from players. By because yeah. people did pay to win yeah. sort of thing. There's a uh, five six reasons. I, I don't have any in mind everything. But first of all, they destroyed the gameplay when they changed the the, the way they put. Uh, because I mean, the game items affect to the gameplay. So if you have a better weapon, of course, you ruin the the gameplay experience. Second, uh, um, they have problems with the sec. They didn't say it. They convert themselves in a financial entity in security. So that's one long, long time ago, uh, because at the end of the day, you're exchanging. Um, yeah, the, there was a real huge model. problem. Yeah, there were there was a huge problem with them actually being like uh, securities then. So. Yeah, but anyways, I can offline. I can. I have a presentation that I made a huge amount of research of why that happened and how we can solve that because we are repeating that problem again with Web three games. So yeah, I, I I'm gonna do it offline. Yeah, we'll do. We'll uh, have you on again to discuss that in more depth when when the game releases, if you'd like, and how yeah, you sure. combat that. Um, cool, awesome. And Diablo, what do you what do you think of Diablo Four? Sorry, you can go ask the next question after the two. Uh, sorry, I didn't understand the last one. What did you think of Diablo Four? 
I'm starting to play uh, right now, so okay. well, I think it's awesome to be honest. But I only play for a week, so okay. So uh, for for we like to play a little game. Um, we we wanted to see what do you predict for your monthly active users at peak to be for Battle Derby. I mean, we we are trying to uh, be in the top 10 app stores in our genre, so that means a lot of them. It would be at least 100,000 daily after users, I would say. Mo so that's what about monthly? Monthly of millions? I don't know, but huge. Go ahead. Uh, like two to three million, two to five million. Yeah, something like that. Awesome. Okay. That we are speaking about casual gamers, so so yeah, it could be if we have success on on the game. Yeah. Okay. Any any last remarks? Any last words? Anything we miss? You like to add? I would say that um, we really have to trust on the web three scenario. I mean, the web three technology, uh, blockchain technology. It's one of the best things that the, happens to the humanity and what we have heard the last years bad news it's just noise so let's go ahead because definitely we are in the in the good path awesome i love awesome. it well thank you so much again for taking the time to uh come on this show and looking forward to battle darby releasing here uh in the future thank you thank you for having me guys for pleasure. Thanks for coming on, Sidio. All right, awesome. Sweet to have uh, Battle Derby, Isidro, come on, uh, talk about that. Um, <clears throat> this is probably one of the games that I, um, I personally feel can can easily take off. It's kind of like a, I don't want to say mindless, but it it. it doesn't take a lot of skill to be good at, right? Or just to enjoy, right? Um, yeah, I, yeah. I played it for fifteen minutes and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't play it again because it's just so much going on at the moment. And uh, so, you know, and I, I just knew that I could get like into it and play for hours and hours and hours. Um, it's just so crisp a feeling, like like you can tell it's built by experienced developers. It felt triple A quality to play it. Yeah, and that's that's exactly my thoughts. Um, and even you know, going with uh, Isidra's prediction of you know between two and five million monthly active users, I don't see that far off. You know, like I I see something like this is um, something enjoyable to play even in your pastime. Like you have you know fifteen twenty minutes uh, to to pass, and um, you you go. And, and open up this app and play this game for a little bit, and it's that enjoyable. Um, I I tend to agree with his prediction. Yeah, I'm going to actually go higher. I'm, I really think this game can be a 10 million plus monthly after user game. I know that's a big, big legendary game, but just from that interview, I just consolidated my thought on it. The guy, like playing it, I knew that the developers of the game knew what they were doing. And even the NFT system, the tokenomics they've got, like it's about collecting. It's it's you know he's understanding the Diablo marketplace and the failures there, and just been in crypto for a long time. He can see, and he seemed like genuinely wants to build a great game that the blockchain can enhance. And then 
one of the concerns I have is he mentioned two things. One thing in the meet interview was about the using Immutable to elevate his marketing, um, you know, and the, t- the tier system in, within Immutable. I think that's more of a his, him problem. Like um, he meant actually after the interview mentioned to me that, you know, that's probably one of the areas of that they could improve on the most. So I've, I've suggested something to him, which he's going to take up um, and, Two things actually, including a potential community manager that I know of that's looking, and also how to engage Immutable a bit better um, to get them to to work with them better. So, if he can nail that and we shore up that weakness that they've got in their game, but that's the only reason that I believe they wouldn't hit the ten million. It's an absolutely awesome game. Oh, and my mic was muted, and I was like uh, talking to myself. So, <laughs> no, I, I I totally agree. Um, he. He clearly had um, the correct vision for a game to be successful, as well as um, understanding what it takes to have something that actually has staying power, right? Um, and and you could see that with how he mentions specific events and things like that to keep people. Uh, interested in playing the game in different styles or different modes, right? So really, really looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, wish them luck and I'll be here to support them because I really believe in that game and that team. So good luck, Battle Derby and Isidro. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this week, new games slash asterisk uh previously announced games that uh are just being reannounced um it seems so what do we got we got reign of titans planet pals yeah um so i did a bit a little bit about them i did some research for us um they're i think they're gonna go multi-chain cardano is what but you know the Cardano people supporters are degens, mate. I don't know too many people that are gamers thinking that Cardano is going to be the future of gaming. So I think that's probably why they made the decision to expand into Immutable and we'll see how that end up turning out if it's a multi-chain game or not, uh, if it you know, stays with Cardano. But they've got an interesting take. It's an MMO, RTS, um, a couple of different game modes. Um, so PvE as well as PvP. So it's like a big... Vision game world seemed like some really experienced developers as well building it. Um, it's pretty early days, I believe, in the in the graphics. Unity based game. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so it'll be uh, likely mobile and desktop. Um, so that's that's interesting. Really smart of them to leave the Cardano uh, environment. Uh, I feel like it's it's extremely over zealous um like DeFi traders and things like that um yeah the (laughs) the founder is very very weird um there's several pictures of him trying to to um communicate with aliens and and weird weird shit like that um well maybe he's right mate did you see that mexican (laughs) people mate hey he might be right we might be the crazy ones it might be actual aliens after all (laughs) i know maybe we are and maybe he's just way on another literally on a different wavelength uh over there 
I do like some of the things he says, though. Uh, he's still like, he speaks his mind, and Australians, I don't know, like, we're known for, especially the old school Australians like myself, you know, before, you know, getting a bit older, we speak our mind, and it can be quite, come across quite blunt. I actually had that problem on Twitter the other day. I said, you know, the so-called leader of Web3, you said there's 50 games building on Web3 at the moment, and I'm like, uh, I made a tweet saying there's 50, more like there's 500, and someone had got offended that I said said that, that called him the so-called self, self-confessed Web3 leader, but it was just, the, it's what he says, it's the way he comes across, it's the pre- presentation he gives. It wasn't a, trying to offend him, it was just a straight shooter, we say, how, say it how it is, and he seems to be a guy like that, so I really like him for that, but he, I don't agree with everything he says. But we'll see if uh, Cardenio turns into a gaming powerhouse or not. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see there. Uh they also reannounced uh, my NFT wars Rift Wardens um, coming to Immutable X. Uh, it was great. Uh, what, go ahead. Well, I was just saying in the ne- in Dark Machines as well. Some of those they've already been announced. So we don't really need to go into too much detail about them, but um, I think it's because they're going to ZK EVM from StockX. I think that's what they're announcing. And that yeah, that very well could be it, like uh, that they've mm-hmm. decided to go with the ZK EVM um, implementation, so they're just making another f- official announcement based off of that. Plus, I did notice that um, a few a few of the tweets did have to do with what the founders um, of each of those projects had to say about working with Immutable and why they chose Immutable. So there was a little bit of a different angle of, of why they were kind of reintroducing yep. those so good to see that and you're saying that we uh met with by chance um uh, alex the week before yeah so it, it, it worked out so um nice little segue for the podcast to get some um you know listeners and and find out what the new games are that are coming to immutable x it was insider information, wasn't it? We, like, you know, we're so close to the Immutable team. They, you know, we knew that they were going to make this announcement, so we decided to interview the Rift Wardens team before the announcement came out, just so we, we look so great. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly. <laughs> I've I mean, been a dickhead, we, we, sorry. We did, we did have Robbie, so Robbie was like, um, here, we'll give you the inside track to all the games coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. And the next one by, well, it's sort of like, it's not a new, it's a new game, but it's a, a, by the same team as Sandbox Network that's already been announced on their Dragon game that's in beta now. Um, but Metatoy City, I think it's it's a little brawler. Is that right? You did some research. Yeah, on it's it? like a kind of brawler crawler type thing, fighting uh, bosses. It's it looked like it was multiplayer. Um, so take your friends and, and go in and and fight against uh, big bosses and things like that with different abilities weapons um rpg, RPG i think you level yeah. up your character yeah, exactly. yeah so you, you you fight the smaller bosses in the smaller you do you grind the smaller dungeons to build up power take on the bosses which those kind of games are pretty fun i like um i might actually actually got to crack out the old pixel art band you know <laughs> yeah i kind of like don't go for pixel art games too much but this one it looks pretty cute, pretty fast paced and a lot of fun. And it is also a 10 versus 10 multiplayer mode as well, I believe. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. So if, if, if the pixel, um, style games, if they do have the speed and the competitive edge that you need to have, I tend to like write off what it looks like. So 
um, it's definitely something that's piqued my interest. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That's uh, announced an open beta soon for that. You can sign up for it now. Yeah, looking looking forward to that. Um, let's take on our next subject. I think this is going to be a good one. Um, how much we really freaking need uh, the passport like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's just like, I'm. St- are you starting to feel that vibe of like, you know how we were like getting anxious because the KVM wasn't coming out for so long. Like, and we'd like, and we had that bet because it's like, come on. It was like that feeling, just come on, come out now. We're sick of not waiting. I'm starting to feel that with passport. Like I want to see a game out with using it soon. I a thousand percent <laughs> agree. Um, I feel like I am not getting the most out of some of my beta play because of these issues. Um, any early access um, or anything that has to do with gaming in general, um, I'm very competitive and I like to have, um, you know, if I'm going to have an advantage from an in-game asset, um, I'm typically going to go ahead and grab, you know, something like that. Mm. A lot well, of these, hold on, a lot of these games are making it fucking impossible for me to like even play with my nfts because of how uh how annoying it is to like interface with these wallets that it's pseudo creating and or actually creating and and it's connected to my apple which means i need to find out for for instance uh and cross the ages i i created it with my apple id it creates a brand new wallet and I went and I purchased NFTs with my MetaMask. Now, how the hell do I get that stuff to um, my my wallet with my Apple ID? So I had to like fumble around to find the actual wallet address that it creates. And then I'm like, wait, now how the hell do I send it back if I want to sell it? So- yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's like so. I've had uh, this subject. It's been pretty close to me because part of the reason why I'm anxious is because I've had Wagme Games, Cross the Ages, New Ganymede, and Phantom Galaxies, a, a wallet experience, four different wallet experiences with that have been un, not optimized, and they're all social login. So the so-called savior of crypto being social logins and all these influencers that say social log- gamers will go through hoops if they have to, to to play games, this isn't what Passport's solving. It's Wagme Games. You know, there's a you, to to if you're if you just go download the app, you've got no idea how to sell your sell your assets. You have to go to their Discord. You have to look at up the five stages of disconnecting of connecting a magic wallet or whatever wallet they're using to your account. And then I, I went through all that, and then it didn't work. And then I got uh, then by chance I saw the net because I follow Wagme Games. I saw their net notice that I may have done something wrong, and it was so I I haven't got up that stage to go and fix it because i can't be freaking asked you know what yeah. i mean like it's just it's, it's, i don't care it's, it's a pain like i'm just i've I'm, I'm done enough i've, I've done enough mate yeah and see cross the ages I, I, it, I, I was able i bought some cards when it was the the uh spotlight um for them you know the trading rewards so i went and spent 20 30 dollars on cards and made 0.001 imx wasn't really worth it <laughs> um so but I still, I still wanted to buy cross the ages cards to, i bought some hologram cards just to you know just just to you know flex because i'm a gamer um and 
And so I, I was able to connect it, but it wasn't easy. It took me a lot of reading, a lot of understanding of how to do it. And I got across that, but I did connect it in the end. Then there's new Ganymede, which is a great login and it's, it was pretty smooth. Um, it connected to my MetaMask through a simple process. But then when I go to connect my wallet, I have to unconnect my wallet when I'm on, on the marketplace. If I want to sell my items that in new Ganymede, I have to unconnect from my normal wallet address, reconnect it to not the normal way for going from MetaMask, going through this thing called game with a little dash to wallet. And then you click and I click on that. And then there's the new Ganymede listed under the games. So if you, it's great. Okay, you learn how to you learn how to do that. But what happens if you've got a hundred games you've got to play, you want to play, and they all got their own magic wallet login for you know, and they're all listed individually there to to log into to be able to to list your items. Oh, I just had an anxiety uh, attack. No, I can't do it. And and then Phantom Galaxies. I can't remember exactly why I want to talk about them, but it was they're with they're done their social login wallet through Hyperplay. So you got to download Hyperplay Launcher. You have to, I've never downloaded it before. There's so many launches now. But that's what I think my point was, is that, yeah, it logs in, but you're isolated. It's just for Phantom Galaxies. And it's not going to be, this problem's not going to be solved with Passport because they're not on Immutable. They're on Polygon DPoS. So it's, my, my point is, once we get Passport and you can just log in and you can do everything from in the app, you can log into a marketplace. It's the same Passport. It's all in the same instance you know there's no yeah. logging out of one wallet logging back in there's no having to follow five steps to connect your passport from the mobile app to the to the, the mobile app can king if they don't have an in-game marketplace you can hit a button in them on their game it'll open up the marketplace and you'll be able to buy sell nfts without having to log in again you'll be already logged in yeah, so it's um yeah it's it's, it's just it's so needed it's so needed yeah definitely can't game come play. can't come soon enough um I, I I can't we can't stress it enough because it's just so clunky having to do it the way uh, a lot of them are are implemented currently. So yeah, it's not just a social login, guys. It is a savior, a game changer that people may not understand yet. When they will very soon. Come on, the middle, bring it out. <laughs> yeah, let us play. It. <laughs> Creator League. Um, I know this is a couple like a week week removed but i still wanted to uh cover it because it 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 definitely has some some interesting points about web3 and and how the rest of the world perceives it uh still i feel um Mm. creator league it was basically mr beast and uh you know a, a bunch of others got together got a bunch of creators from different backgrounds different genres and said hey we're gonna put a thing together where we're going to allow our fans to purchase these um, collectibles that are basically use purchase these collectibles representing each creator in the league. And you will be able to participate in gameplay tournaments and things like that, that represent those creators. And you have the chance to win um, actual cash prizes and stuff like that sounds great right wrong um (laughs) so what happens is you have this creator league that's uh getting content creators 
that are not necessarily all gamers. They're of all different backgrounds. And you're saying, hey, come support them. But what we didn't tell or this is this is where things get kind of murky. We didn't um, make it a point to to say that hey these these collectibles that fans are are getting they're actually on chain um, items, so they're they're NFTs, um, and we had at least one, if not more, of the creators, Sea uh, Dog. Was was the really boisterous one, and and he said, "Oh f this, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> and um, the interesting thing, apparently, is, he's an FTA, though. And yeah, he's like he, he hates it, and um, yeah, yeah okay. So you have this creator league. Um, e Fuse is the company that was you know pushing it out and stuff, and and they they said, "Oh shit," and they they let go of like. 15 people or something like that and um they had to issue an apology saying that hey we're gonna delay the start of this creator league and obviously the creator that you know said hey i, I don't want to do this because there's nfts um you know now back up here taking a look under the hood at, at what's really going on these are soul bound um collectibles so they're not even tradable for money um yeah and another thing is that all it's being done for is to basically create like a a data entry on chain saying hey this is um say hey Desus has collected this creator's um token and basically says you know it marks it on chain as you know, forever being a, a part of of the support group of that creator, right? So I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, honestly, if if there's no way for people to be selling these items or to be making yeah. money off of them, there's no need to be like, "Hey, guys, we're we're making an NFT creator league." Like, there's yeah. no point. Well, these people, well, you don't think they should use NFTs? Is what you're saying at all? I don't think that they should have to advertise it up front and say like, hey, guys. Oh, yeah, okay. You agree with me then. So this guy, C-Dog, is apparently is a, a vocal anti-blockchain person. I didn't know that. So considering if they knew their customers, these people that they're bringing on, if they knew, had any idea that he knew that, they, they probably should have said, hey, we want to tell you something. We're using blockchain technology as a database. Explain it to him. But obviously, I looked at eFuse's because of this story. I looked at eFuse, the company that's done made this decision. Um, and there's not one thing on their entire Twitter for I scroll for like half an hour. Not one thing about NFTs, blockchain, or anything. It's just they are a complete Web two company. So they've got funding from a blockchain near protocol and said we can. If you build the, you know, this part of your platform, you know, we'll start off with this and we'll go into further because that's what a lot of people are complaining about. That there was plans in the future to do do more on chain, but what they brought them in under was nothing to do with chain. With with the usual, the reason people hate NFTs for scams and things like that. It was purely a database entry, and also, voting systems are the 
literally to me are the number one use case for blockchain. Absolutely. Because like eventually in the future, once it's secure and ZK knowledge proofs can be used, not for not 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 roll-ups, zero knowledge technology can be used to authenticate a voter without them having to give ID. Because it's like, you know, that what zero knowledge does is well, you are who you say you are without having to prove it. You know, like without having to give your ID, you, you can vote because you've got this zero knowledge technologies that combined with with voting because of the immutability, because of the public verify verifiability, you can see that you voted and you can see that your vote's been counted for a certain team. Yeah, you voted for Biden, you can see it. Your name isn't on the listing, but you know it's you because of the zero knowledge proof. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. so they, they, they don't know that it's you that voted for that. They know that you're a legitimate voter and that you're a real person and that, that's who you voted for. And you will be able to see that that's what you voted for. Once they get that technology possible, you know, Mickey Mouse, it will be the technology for voting in the future, probably 40, 50 years away from how slow the humans work on this kind of stuff. But so that's pretty much my understanding. I don't know fully understand. I did not look into too much, to be honest with you. They did not use this NFTs for anything other than a token to like that representation of you as a creator you as a fan you when you vote you only get one vote it's like authentication authorization system and it's yeah. a very good use case for blockchain and it's it's abstracted away from the users none of them saw it none of them had to know it they didn't even have their ids it was literally a, a custodial wallet it wasn't even a non-custodial wallet that they signed up the, the wallet was completely on new protocol owned by efuse completely controlled but for them to be able to make, make sure that there's no hacking or no cheating, no duplicating of votes and things like that. So it was a, a system used, completely abstracted away, and everyone in the in crypto Twitter is like, oh, this is what you do, you shouldn't have hit it. I agree, if it was a thing you could trade, if it was something, if anything speculatory at all, but no one asks anyone to go to a bank and say, hey, where are you storing my money? When I, when I, when I go to view my, my money on the ATM, what database am I getting it out of? Are you getting it out of a NoSQL database or are you getting it out of a relational database? Because I don't like NoSQL databases. I think NoSQL databases are evil. They're bad technology. I want to use an, I want to use a relational database. SQL Server is way better than MongoDB. Like, it's just ridiculous. My analogy was was that the C-Dog, what his response was, he hates the technology. Like, so what does he use email? Mate, yeah. when, that email, when email first came out, how many Nigerian princes asked for your bank account, mate? Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the technology is evil. It's the same thing. So, and, and I, the, I agree. The argument too. The, the, the guy's not even a gamer. Okay, he he does real life streaming, like uh, live. Boring. You know, like it's not about games. It's not about any of that stuff. You know, he does a lot of anime stuff and and things like that, which is fine. There's people that do like that. I don't. But if you're gonna go, uh, and and run a gaming tournament. Okay, <laughs> this is a fucking okay gaming tournament. All right, I feel like Allen Iverson over here. Not the game, not the game. Practice, okay? Like, <laughs> like seriously, it's it's a whole lot of bullshit about nothing. Uh, it's drama, which people love to feed on. Um, yeah. I think Efuse fumbled the bag big time. Their their website sucked because I purchased one. Like I, I like optic gaming. So I purchased one of the optic gamings is 20 bucks. I was like, screw it. There's no reason not to do this. So, uh, I, I purchased one of the optic gaming ones. My kids tell, are, me, tell me how the festivals are. <laughs> uh, and I'm still waiting for the email for that. 
<laughs> I want to. I want to. I would love to try those festivals. They sound like that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm. I'm. I'm waiting for that. But still, it's like the the Efuse website was freaking hot garbage. It didn't really make very much sense. You you purchase the the collectible on one page, and then it sends you to. Um, you have to join a Discord, and then for the tournament you have to join a different discord it, it, it just it's a lot of hoops to jump through for for freaking a, a, a basically nothing and oh you know what the last thing i forgot to mention as well is that the argument the main argument i saw against it was well why do you need to use blockchain like why do you get to tell someone what technology they get they should use when you don't even know technology yourself like Absolutely. this is the word they ha- they literally these are influencers are- that play games that know nothing at all about how to write a line of code. They wouldn't be able to tell CSS from HTML. They wouldn't have a clue how it works in the back end. But yet they're giving advice to companies on what blo- on what technology they should use. Shut the fuck up. Learn your lane, buddy, and just play games and tell people what games are great. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Don't tell people what technology they should use. It's just yeah. that infuriates me, man, the most in this space. All, all these side charts, you know, like, I'm a dev, but I don't sit down and, t- and understand fully how blockchain works. Not fully, fully. So I don't give advice on what blockchain to use to anyone or why to use it or anything like that. It's like I would not dare do that. But these people have no technical ability whatsoever. And they sit there telling people live on the internet, I'm an expert. You shouldn't use blockchain. If you, you should have just used another technology. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's nothing from. It's 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 pretty funny because an, another skin in Counter Strike sold for over a hundred thousand dollars today. Okay, <laughs> so don't tell me that this isn't like the future of what is happening or what is already taking place, right? So, um, people are are doing it actively, and uh, I know. People have been trading accounts for ages in several yeah, several games. I I mean, I, I had a friend that literally that's all Old he would team. do. He would farm accounts and then sell them off, and and he made good money doing that. I had a mate that was smarter than that. He used to build bots that auto farmed and then sell them. Didn't even play it. Yeah, and then that's what I was talking about. Like he he didn't even actually play it himself. Like he farmed them like straight up a like. AI botted them and, and would just yeah. sell them, you know? So it's craziness. Um, but yeah, that's enough of yeah. that. Uh, GME, <laughs> GME had their earnings uh, just last week. Uh, it was exciting to see um, how close they are to being positive, uh, making positive results in their turnaround and, Exciting to see how much they brought that down. $100 million in, in reduction in, in losses. They were only negative $2.5 million. Um, incredible to see how much they have completely turned that ship around. Um, there is that stupid uh, Dumb Money movie that's out now. And I'm, I'm not going to go see it. I, I, the, is that with Seth Rogen? Yeah, the the whole thing's fucking. Oh, man, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather spoon my eyes out than watch a movie with him in it. <laughs> yeah, I can't it, stand the guy. Yeah, it, uh, there's a whole, you know, you have um, who is it? Uh, that guy from SNL. He looks like he's a cancer patient. Um, what's his name? Um, 
I don't know. I forgot his name, but I Pod- think I know Bassini? No. Uh Pete Davidson. I don't know him. Yeah, he's the skinny white kid. Um but- did you did you check out the breakdown of that earning earnings call or you don't know that? Um, like how with a funds were? Was yeah. there like a any indication on what the crypto costs versus money earned from that section or they didn't break it down like that far? They, they do break it down, but um, they they immediately sell as soon as they get any. They do not hold, yeah, they do not hold on to anything. Um, and as a Smart. matter of fact, yeah, like I, I, I specifically remember that because like there were NFTs that were sold under the GameStop um, like under their wallet address, right? So it's like mm. uh, specifically their earnings. Um, so I, I remember that previously I had seen that uh, for any crypto that they had earned, they they sell it immediately. So um, mm. they don't actually count as any count any of that as like a specific amount of of income. Um, they just say we don't hold any crypto. So they, I think they roll it in to the actual NFT marketplace sales. All right. We're back from a short uh, delay there and my internet went technical out. Difficulty. <laughs> technical difficulty. Um, but yeah, so basically the GME earnings, um, they don't say any crypto positions that they're in because they don't stay in any crypto positions. They immediately sell any that they um, they earn. So that's exactly what I'd do if I had any project, even building a blockchain and building a game. I'd hold nothing in crypto, not even stable coins, straight into fiat. Sorry. I'm not a believer in this uh where the 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 world's gonna die and crypto's gonna save us. If the world's gonna, if we need crypto to save us, the world's gonna die anyway. Sorry. A thousand percent. <laughs> so Loopring's been taking more of a stance on um gaming recently. Yeah. This uh, loop rings seems to be getting a little bit of traction. Is it loop, loop, uh, looper world, looperlands, looperlands? Sorry, yeah. yeah. Whoops. Yeah, uh, they, 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 they reached, out to, reached out to me. They sent me some uh, NFTs, so I can play it. I just haven't done it yet oh, because nice. you know, busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Check it out. It. It's super fun. Cool. I'll have to try it. Um, Curiverse. What other game? Curiverse like, made some loop ring and stuff, right? Yeah, so they've they've mixed it up. You know, they've done a, an immutable, you know, drop, and they just had one of their immutable NFTs sell for thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, so it's not like it. Yeah, you know, so they're not like they're perf- complete. I don't know. I think immutable is gamers. Yeah, and gamers buy an NFT because they want to play with it. They don't want to sell it. So people compare immutable to Solana and go, look, I want to release on Solana because of all the activity. But those people activity. Are, are, Flipping, they're buying to try. They're buying for the reason of price go up. Where gamers are buying because they want to use that and flex that item in a game. It's not going to be as much trading, and um, it actually um, brings up a point about Wagme, which I wanted to, which I wanted to talk about as well. Like they're doing a really interesting drop in. They just announced um, where you buy on layer one, and you to founders pack. But when you part of the opening process is they open up the cards onto immutable layer two, 
but the speculatory part of it stays on layer one. So you get cards that are in the game, they, just like Mama Guru did when they, you bought the Geocode, the things that are on layer one, layer one and opened them into layer two. Yeah. I assume something similar to that. So I think that's pretty smart because the mutable doesn't have the speculator market like layer one does or, you know, Svelte Solana has. And so Kiraverse is doing some mints of certain, like the more speculatory things on 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 loopering and the game and stuff on on immutable, which is, I think ZKVM will change that going forward. I think they will definitely change that. It'll open up that with, with the, such an ease of getting your contract on immutable and off it on it if you want on and off it if you want it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's also the what do you um, think about? spike spike uh, one of the developers from GameStop. Um, who no longer is with GameStop. He created a, a game that you can actually play within the Loopring Wallet um, browser there, which is kind of cool. It's uh, Mochi Monster. It's like a car game, and it has a leaderboard and stuff like that. So you, he released um, like a season pass type thing, and that allows you to record your uh, scores on the leaderboard, and the top scores get... Uh, prizes and things like that so it's pretty cool so what, what what are you feeling about gme are they are they moving away from crypto completely or they you think that's just this is just you know is that like i know it's tied to kiraverse and loopring because uh, their create economy is from loopring what do you think is you, you know have, do you have any changed opinion from what you had in the past is my point mm, not yet no uh nothing's okay. changed yeah, oh, I did want to ask you about like is Ryan Cohen the one behind this performance of the company? Is he the reason why this is performing better? Um, I think it's a it's a combination of of bringing in um, you know, the the talent that knew how to streamline these things, get the get the um costs down yeah. on a lot of the stuff. So I feel like uh, the the turnover of of people in uh power or or higher positions within the company there i think that's due to getting the job done um they they get the job done and then they they move on to other things um it it kind of makes sense because gamestop wasn't paying these people a lot of money okay so (laughs) um when when you look at in terms of, of pay for executives at most companies, you look at GameStop, the, the pay uh, isn't that, that much. And so it's like bring these people in, get them to do what they're good at, um, and then move on. You know, um, And it, it kind of makes sense. And, and even Ryan Cohen tweeted after Matt Furlong, he said, not for long, you know, <laughs> and what the hell does that mean? You know, and, and there's been updates to Matt Furlong's uh, LinkedIn you know, showing that he's he's on the board of, of some company and it doesn't sh- show exactly what, you know. So there's there's still, I, st- I still feel like there's cards that they're not showing and for a purpose. So we'll see. Mm, okay. Interesting. And Loopring, how are you feeling about its um, position in the market? Is there any changes since in recently from them going back to coming back to Loopring and, you know, with their gaming push and that? 
Yeah, I, I think I think they're doing a lot of what I hoped they did earlier, sooner. Um, they're they're starting to do a lot more, like uh, you know, Twitter Spaces. They're getting more voices out there, um, so that people even know that they exist. You know, like um, for the longest time, you know, they didn't they don't do any advertising really. You know, it's like what? How do you how do you expect people to know about you? You know, and that's crazy to say when when Loopring is one, the first layer to ZK to to even exist, right? Like people not knowing of them as an L two when it comes to to L twos, right? They're they're looking at like optimism and stuff. Yeah. Uh don't get me started on that. Like, there's <laughs> was I think some of those hacks that happened in. Um, to the forty-one million dollar one was on an opti- was on optimism, um, so surprise. It's not to do with the, the the optimism consensus layer or anything like that, or the the four proofs. So, it, but I was thinking about actually thinking about op- optimistic rollups today. And I'm like, you know, I've got this gut feeling, like you know, with all these hacks happening, that in the next six to twelve months we're going to see like a major major hack of of an optimistic rollup chain, and people are going to go. Oh, that's why all the intelligent people are building ZK knowledge roll-ups and building on them instead. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I agree. Um, yeah, and, I, and- I got triggered. I got the, the memory got triggered like the because that guy that predicted this Achilles damage to the ankle. The guy goes in about two and a half hours. Aaron Rodgers is going to do his Achilles, and two hours forty three minutes later, he done his Achilles. So yeah, that, that was, a- I got the chills from that thing. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, he. So I was, I've been thinking about it, like, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for optimistic roll-ups with all these hacks happening with this. They're such so vulnerable to attack compared to ZK Knowledge Layer 2. So we're going to see a huge hack, billions of dollars on a Layer 2 in the next well, 12 months. either that or you're going to have, like, a, like a rogue developer and, and someone be like, hey, there are no fraud proofs, and they're going to find a way to... Uh, exploit that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it's only a matter of time. I feel. Um, also, I think on the on the uh, the subject of loopering and gaming, um, it kind of goes into the the next subject as well of, of Apple gaming phone iPhone fifteen um, mm. with with uh, you know loopering wallet already on the App Store um, and how long it's been there. Um, I feel like this is like a, a good way for Loopring to integrate some of their gaming um, and their wallet features and really up their game, up their um, marketing of, of what they can do um, all contained within their social recovery wallet, right? And and things that that the team excels at, right? So... I think this is a good opportunity for the Loopring team. Yeah. Oh well, well, uh, the Loopring team with Apple Gaming iPhones. You're saying? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I that, think not just Loopring, everyone. Yeah. Well, I I agree, but I I think I think specifically for for Apple Gaming and stuff like, um, the interactions can be very simple and uh still be run like 
through the wallet, which is which is really interesting. It's really cool what mm-hmm. they've been able to do. Oh, yeah, because that's why I don't really understand Apple's. So I don't use them. But uh, if this iPhone, if you know, if you buy it, because I know you like to buy shiny things and get be first to own them. So when you beat a test of the iPhone 15 and it turns out to be a game changer, I may have to come back unless Android can catch up. But like, it's, I think the thing for me about this is it's not really related to immutable or loop ring exactly, but it's gaming related, which is what this podcast is really about. And if a phone becomes a PC capable like levels of compute power and you just plug your phone into a monitor or a TV and it runs games like PC and you just put a controller into the, you know, like a wireless controller, like that's, he'll buy, there goes PlayStation 5 and Xbox. This could be the last, the next PlayStations and Xbox and Nintendo's could be the end. If it's, if yeah, it's got no, the power I, to run. I agree. To um, run you know, like I, I feel like we, we might have a little ways to go in, in terms of, of being able to do that, but it's not far, you know, um, the, I've been reading, I've been reading that it's like, you can play freaking pretty, like some uh, Assassin's Creed or something uh, on it. Like, yeah, like that, a PC version without having to port it and it works. Or what the hell? I don't know. You have to port it, but not having to do like a full on downgrade port. Like it's just a cross port. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, I, I know a, what you're saying. Like, uh, and, and we're really not that far off. And, and, also, the the advent of of some of the technology, the cloud technology that's coming out. Um, you have something called CXL, which is Com- Compute Express Lane, that is revolutionizing what you can do with the PCIe bus. And basically, the the cloud is turning into a giant rendering machine as well. So um, you'll be able to group, um, you know. Tens, if not hundreds, of of GPUs uh, behind a single, basically PCI bus, and al- allow for those GPUs to work together to help render for mobile games and things like that. So you won't necessarily have to rely on the device itself to have all of the compute power. Right? Um, you'll be able to do things where you're actually packaging up these these uh, high resolution uh, renders into uh, network packets, and then basically, as long as you have the quality of network, you know, high quality network connection, you don't have to worry about uh, drops in in any sort of graphic quality. Wow! Um, actually, renderer, you know, renderer the token. Yeah. I don't know. Is, it, is that what you're getting this from? Or no, no, no. I just I don't like I know what they do. They're blockchain that does rendering, like video rendering, um, and they like excited by this. They're like, you can render for us. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a huge. It's going to be a huge thing, right? Just as much uh, as it is to 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 run a node and 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 you know, proving time and things like that. Rendering stuff is gonna. It's huge, you know, with all of this. Um, all of this environment, all of this metaverse that you know people keep talking about. Not everyone mm. at home has a a high speed, high performance graphics card in their PC. You know, not everyone even has a PC, right? So, how the hell are you going to get the metaverse without it looking like a fucking potato? 
Otherwise, yeah. you know, you need to be able to render these things and and get these high quality graphics somewhere. And and that's yeah. with off-site rendering or off-device mm, okay. at least. So anyway, it's uh, Apple has been coming out with all the stops. I'm actually the Apple Pro. What's that visual one? The 3D glasses. Thing? Yeah, the Apple Vision Pro. Ooh. I just the, the, if that's that good already, wait to the you know the third and fourth generations of it, and it's just like it becomes a pair of glasses and does it. You know, it'll, it'll um, it's it, they're they're really innovating. I used to think that they were a garbage company, but I'm starting to be turned around again. I do change my mind. If, With all know, that I'm goddamn lit- money, man, you can't not innovate. Okay, <laughs> like mate, there's money doesn't when it comes to technology, money just burns unless you got the quality. But anyway. Let's move on because uh, it isn't really related to mutable. I thought it was a really interesting, like another changing point. Like the shit in this world, life is just changing so well, fast. it's big for gaming, right? And, and when it has anything to do with gaming, I know it's going to have something to do with the mutable because this is definitely the yeah. future. And, and anything that makes it easy, better for the gamer is better for immutable. That's for sure. Hmm. Um, I just also wanted to talk about multi-chain because uh, one of the um, immutable uh, marketing guys mentioned it in a, in a you know a chat once about how we're seeing you know across the industry not so much with them um, a lot of games decide to go multi-chain and there are a few of the new games that they've signed at a multi-chain like uh, Pay the Powers's. Cardano, Ajaz Moxus is Multiverse X, and they just announced Mantle um, after Immutable and uh, multi-chain future. And you just saw Pixels, whatever it is, Pixel Game or called yeah. Pixel something is going is going from from Polygon to Ronin. Um, and you know we've even Battle Derby today, whilst they're really bullish on Immutable, they said they've you know. Impl- Chromium, when it comes out, they're potentially going to join them as well and go multi-chain. So, but most of the games in the middle are, are not multi-chain. Um, but what are your thoughts on on that? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. There, so there's basically like two major fallacies, right? Going multi- multi-chain will bring extra reach and distribution, and going multi-chain is is a good hedge. And in reality, you know, it doesn't turn out to be that way. Optimize for their uh, you know what you you can, and then scale the game. Um, you know retention must be optimized. Games should focus on building an engaging core loop and great user experience. Because if you can't keep the the people there, there's no point in in doing anything else, right? Um, yeah. And no, and, it's and like you get these clunky. Like I said earlier, when we were talking about. Um, some of the betas, like or, or some of the early implementations of of non uh, passport wallets, right? It's clunky user experience. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing uh, half the time, and you have to go to all these different discords to figure out uh, <laughs> what you're what you're supposed to do, right? And you, you got to remember which chain what, you're what, on. What, chain, <laughs> what chain your assets on, like block lords. I've got some assets on Immutable and some assets on Polygon, and I remember just going, "Which one's that on again?" Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, the change, change what chain you had currently, like yeah, you know, like and the influence. Uh, I was like, "No, I'm done." And then, and then when now, okay, I 
I actually put my characters, my NFTs into into the game where you actually have to like kind of stake it, you know? And I don't even remember where the hell I staked it. So I don't even remember where to get my assets back from the game if I wanted to sell them. Like, you know, <laughs> because they're not like, in my wallet anymore, right? So but, Yeah. <laughs> Mate, there was a it's, it's, it, multi-chain is a fool's errand, but it, we're going to see a lot more of it, and it's going to be to me. It's an instant red flag. It's oh, like it, our well, game. Our game is failing, and where we need to try something else. Why? So why? And we're going to we're going to see Ronan. We're going to see Ronan get more games like this over the next six months because they if one thing they've got is rabid maxi fans in bucket loads, and I don't mean hundreds of thousands of bucket loads, not in gamer success bucket loads but in crypto bucket loads so like 10 to twenty thousand rabid supporters of 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 of, um of ronin network and they'll play the game just because it's on ronin they don't play games on any other chain but that doesn't create success the what creates success is a great game with a great go-to-market strategy it doesn't matter what chain you're on we support immutable because we can see the tools being built for the devs is market leading and the tools it's got it's game oriented, just like Ronan. But the and Ronan to me, if it wasn't for the hack and it wasn't for that that they made their game, they built success on Ponzi, so therefore destroyed people's bank accounts. I would support them as well. But that's the one reason I can't. They their wealth came from exploiting people through a Ponzi scheme. I was witness to that myself. So yeah. that's why I don't support them and I will never support them. And anyone ever says that anything about Immutable and Etherbots and the, the bad story there, I just go, you, your company that you support came from exploiting people. So don't literal a Ponzi scheme, the, fir- the largest unprosecuted Ponzi scheme ever made. So don't freaking talk, talk to me, you know, like so. But my point is like Ronin's a great way to go. Try somewhere else. If it doesn't work, go to Ronin because you'll get five to 10,000 more players, but it won't work anywhere else because there's, and eventually it'll, the money will run out on, on Ronin. Like it'll get saturated to a point where so many games do it that they don't see the rewards as the first couple that do it. That exactly. Do it. Exactly. And then, and, and you're exposing the game to unnecessary, just complexity, right? Um, it having to go for, from one chain to another is, is bad enough, let alone say that the two chains don't even support the same wallet. Now you have another wallet, another login, <laughs> um, more clunky user experience. Uh, Ronin, like you were using as an example, has already had security exploits. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 600 mil. <laughs> yeah. And then there's no guarantee that the two different blockchains are going to have the same um, like availability, right? So what if one goes down or something for a certain amount of time? What if one doesn't even have the same throughput that is required to do some of these things in-game? Like, yeah. you have to think of these things before it's a problem. Because if you're having to deal with it later, it's beyond a problem. Yeah, it's it's just funny that they like the chains, like the 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 messaging from these games is that it's the chain's fault that our game wasn't successful, so we're going to another chain. <laughs> it's it's if you make a fun game and make it hard to use, people will play it. You know what I mean? Like pe- gamers find a way to play a fun game. Like it doesn't have to have. They're nice to have 
like what we talked about throughout this whole in, uh, message meeting about the wallets being easy to use that's a generalist kind of thing but if you have an amazing game that everyone wants to play they'll jump for hoops to play it you know and yeah. but overall you don't want to have that as the standard you want to have it so that it's simpler so you more more games have more wins and you know like less less barrier to get to that to that level well it's kind the of point is it's kind of like go. it's kind of like um what uh isidro was talking about about like infinite victory getting like quote unquote more attention right than them yeah i I don't think it had to do with the chain supporting them in any certain way more 100 percent. i can't i forgot to say that as well um when we we, we did the roundup that's i think it's just the game it's got it's the actual game that people are excited about you know yeah um so my point is that 95 percent of low funded games don't reach profitability and what the blockchain offers is chain maxis at the moment so going multi-chain you can go get five thousand from there two thousand from there four thousand from there are people that will play the game just because it's on their chain and they're financially invested in it so that's what therefore to me it's anyone that does that is not confident in their ability to organically grow their community based on a great game and so therefore i'm not i'm not not interested, but I'm going to be very skeptical to I, play the game. I agree, and and I think we've seen some of the NFT projects do that too, right? Like D Gods and stuff like that. Like they tried to do things that they thought were, you know, going to give them new or better or whatever, and it's just not the case, right? Um, like build a, a great product, and then people are going to come, and that's the bottom line. And it, there's so <laughs> much, there's so much bullshit <laughs> speculation. So Solana's worse than Ronin though. <laughs> like their yeah. their maxis, mate, they will hate you if you leave their chain. Like it won't be like they'll just sell. They'll sell and hate you and spread FUD for years because you left Solana. That chain is like just a different beast, mate. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Uh, anyway, I just know part part this what this again highlights to me is why I'm an, again another supporter of Immutable and why I decided to spend my time in content creating for Immutable is because they don't cater to that audience and that's probably why they don't have like the rabid fans like some other chains that they have got some fans but they've just got gamers that want to play games. Yes, yeah, for yourself. And I'm a rabid fan, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I said some, because I know you are. And people probably think I'm a rabid fan as well, and I, I probably am, but it's not because of the token value. It's because of my rabid fanness comes from just seeing the big picture and understanding what they're trying to do. And the the world they want to create for gaming is what I want to be in, not what Axie Infinity wants to make. You know, like they 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 didn't i don't i don't align yeah, with i didn't come out of, out of i didn't, didn't come out of that because i was in that community i used to be in the discord in the discord still you know i like jihaz and alexander can be nice but sometimes he is a little bit he's got a bit of an elon musk temper um oh but speaking of elon musk i forgot to mention about isidro's response <laughs> crazy mother that was the best answer so far to that question yeah um <laughs> i like that one the most <laughs> yeah anyway enough about multi-chain and elon musk um we're on to our last subject, eh? Yeah. Which is, I, I put out a post. Changes. I put out a post going against the, the echo chamber comments of, this is the worst ever. I actually think it's bullish for um, for crypto gaming because of it's the it's the nail, the final nail in the coffin for free-to-play model. 
in my opinion. Well, most free-to-play games are built on Unity. Most. I, I agree. So, um, and and there are some caveats to what they're, you know, how they're charging the 20 cents, right? So it, it has to have a certain size user base and things like that. And they're not going to be taking the money from you until that happens. Well, I saw someone put a, a, a comparison. Like they just, they got their game and said, this is what this rule is going to do to our game. They, and it, they were earning $360,000 uh, and Unity was going to take $560,000 out of it well, based on their rules. So a loss of, of $200,000 under the current, if the, this rule was in right now, under their current monetization system, this is how many plays they've got, this is how much revenue they make, and this is how many installs these players have got, this is how much we would have to pay Unity. And this is how much we're making. So they would, their bill would be higher than what they're making right now. Yeah. So it's a death blow to anyone with Unity that builds Unity. And Unity's got all the devs. They've got like a majority of game devs built in Unity, like literally 70, 80%. So if they want to get to use Godot or some of these other new engines, they're going to have to learn a whole new engine again. So I, I don't know how this is going to play out for Unity like the long term, but the short term, people have to use it because you don't just learn a new gaming language in a minute. Yeah. And, and I think. I think they're going to work with some of these um, developers that don't have the revenue to be able to fit that thing, right? So it, it says that, um, you know, 20 cents per install, but doesn't uh, kick in until the game has 200K in revenue over 12 months and 200K total installs. So it's, I don't believe that they're going to be able to just copy paste it for all existing games because it's just, it doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem fair, yeah. right? Um, well, the free, the free to play model, like only five percent of people pay, even less than five percent of people in some games pay for games, like sorry for anything at all. Right. So ninety five percent of players aren't paying. So you're paying twenty cents on ninety five percent of players, even though they don't pay any money at all. It's a death for free to play, mate. Yeah, well, definitely Unity free to play for sure. I agree. I agree. It's gonna so, it's gonna be an uphill battle for sure unless they can offload that twenty cents somewhere else, and that means more advertising in games, and that's horseshit. And NFTs to make sales, make everyone have to pay a little bit. Like I just think it's the end of free to play, and then it therefore opens up the space for NFT um, sales. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and like a, a new model, which is NFT based where everyone has to chip in a little bit to, you know, to, to get the full experience. Yeah, at least get this uh, 99 cent character. It starts you off and at least pays our overhead for you to come in and, and try it. So, <laughs> you know what? And you can and pay with it with credit card and you can sell it if you don't like it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's just, to me, to me, it's good news. So I might be wrong. I've been wrong many a time. I don't follow the grain of crypto Twitter and often, as you probably heard out throughout this meeting, uh, this discussion. Like I, do, I think for myself and don't just listen to one person and go, that's right. I really think about it. And I really thought about this and went and got some data points. And my, it's a surface level guess, but I already knew that uh, blockchain was going to end the free to my My theory is that the free to play model was going to die anyway because only 5% of people pay. 
And when they pay, that money goes into a sinkhole and then they never see it again. Once they find out that they can do the same thing but own their assets at least and sell them sometimes or just have them and be their full ownership of it, they're going to stop paying into a sinkhole and start paying into something they actually own. And therefore, that model would collapse anyway because the 5% aren't paying for the freeloaders anymore. Yeah, that's what uh, that's. I don't think the pay up front model is going to be go. I don't think the subscription model is going to go. I think that's going to survive. And it's and they and I think the you know the Jedi Fallen Order, Jello, you know, the single player driven Starfield, I don't think they're going to have they're going to go away. I think they're going to be non crypto games that people love to play because there's just no need to put an NFT in it. There's no economy, it's just a single player story driven event. And yeah, gamers love games. They don't care about the ownership. It it only makes sense when there's a longevity to the game, when it's a game that's got collectibles in it, and you're going to be able to flex them in a multiplayer yeah, exactly. environment. Yeah, exactly. And just like just like Fortnite, it's like my my kids, like every single day, they're like they'll be talking to someone on Fortnite, and someone's like, "Oh, that skin you have," or something, and it's like it's because they got it or I got it like super early on right and they don't even sell that skin anymore right and and mm. um and it it was actually something that you had to have like one of the first battle passes and and like there's the only way you could have gotten it right and that type of thing with the ability to go and say hey you know what i have this super rare skin i don't even play the game anymore or i want you know whatever I can go and sell that skin now. That is huge. But what have you thought about this way as well? So my problem, like I agree with you to a degree, but part of like I had an uh, amount on my uh, World of Warcraft here, like game that was like had this stripes or something or no stripes on the on the on the on the white tiger. And apparently it was worth a lot. So my brother asked me if I could have, he could have the account because he wanted to drive it around. It was like a flex. If you can all of a sudden just buy them, is it still a flex? Because the flex was, I was such an OG that I had this really rare tiger that not many people could get, could not, it was never going to be made again. You couldn't, not mint, but you couldn't buy it anymore. It was only a very small amount of people that got it. Um, did the, does selling, being able to sell it legitimately rather than what I did, sold it illegally, even though it was to my brother, he's still not allowed to do it. Uh, and I gave it to him for free, he's still not allowed to do it. So it's, um, you know, does that take does that take away the mystery of, of the flex a little bit. What do you think? It's it, it, that's a personal opinion thing. Um, each person's going to see yeah. it differently. I, I personally see it as um, the kind of the same way that, that you do that. Like, Hey, I, you know, I freaking earned this thing and this guy bought it. Like, screw that. Um, but I know plenty, cool. I know plenty of people that will pay for it. Yeah, oh, for sure. And it's still a flex, but I just I just think it takes away. Maybe if they had a system where if it, if you were the minter of that item, it had some kind of, you could tell, you know, if or if you were a purchaser, then would people still buy it, you know? <laughs> then if it was us and them, I don't know. It's just lots of uh, thought experiment, but it's... Um, and I, I, I think part of the... I think games will start to, like, play around with that idea. Um, I, I don't see... Mm. I don't see why not. Like, there's going to be a lot of, of social experiments in in Web three. Like, this whole thing is, you know, and and I, I see a lot of ways to implement things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's such an exciting space. I don't, just I feel sorry for people that just instantly dismiss the blockchain because of 
headlines. You know, like it's you're missing out on the opportunity to meet founders. Like, how many of them have talked to a founder of a game they love? You know, like people, the founders. You can go to Discord and talk to them now, and but you can't do that. They, you can't go to Diablo Discord and listen to the talk to hear the founder of the game or the lead de- developer talk to you, respond to you. No. You know, like I, I, I went like, to the um, Los Angeles release of of uh, Diablo Four from um so they did like a huge event in in or a private event in los angeles um i got tickets from gamestop and um i i got to go and like the guy that's the head of diablo was there he did a speech and everything i didn't get to talk to him i didn't even get to shake his hand or anything like he went up he did a speech and that was it it was cool to be in the room with him you know let alone you know (laughs) now you're you're able to go in there and like Ask the guy what he had for fucking lunch. Man, and then, you know, like on the council, I was on the council of crypto unicorns, you know, like dealing with the, the CEO and founder on a daily basis in, on a, in a special small chat with him. You know, I got voted in there um, in, the, in the very first council. You know, you can join a DAO. You can start a podcast and just talk to seven or eight different founders, with, you know, like as you're building your channel. Like it's just... Just ability to have feedback. Like Sidro said to me after the chat, like, mate, do you want to come and give some feedback on our game? I knocked him back actually on that. Speaking of uh, Diablo, he said he's really excited about Diablo Four. I think the game's ass. Just gonna, just gonna be. I literally can't bring myself to load it up anymore. Uh, <laughs> just thought I'd add that in there. Sorry, Sidro, we disagree on that point. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just a really exciting space, and and people just miss out on it for being led by headlines you know and just false narratives just you know i understand their concerns i do i agree with them most of the time but it doesn't mean that they're 100 percent right and that you know that just to shut this off because you can choose to support the companies doing the right thing and to ignore the companies not it's not hard to work out which ones are doing the right thing which ones aren't don't buy shit up front before the game's out when the game's out and you start playing it you can go you know what this is good i'm going to invest in it you know, like as in NFTs, yeah. I do enhance experience. But um, yeah, anyway, we'll I, I agree. I I I personally feel like I will not be minting any more um like um like hype mints. You know, like I don't want. I'm not, I'm not going to mint anything that's from a game that's uh, not playable yet. I I won't. Yeah. Well, how about I uh, tell you a little bit about my latest with um the thing I'm working on. I told you about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, that I'm working with a game. Yeah, let's hear it. So I've been um, brought on as like a tokenomics. I'm writing the whole white paper for the whole game. Um, I'm designing the complete tokenomics with iterations. So I, I'm the driver, the final decision maker, being to- told I'm part of the team. Um, yeah, so I'm actually working as a in a game development team, officially. Awesome. And yeah, and um, I can't Congrats. wait to... So I'm not, not going to say what it is now, but um, it's it's a it's a combination of about five or six different um, games that do this. But I had this idea at the start of this of this blockchain journey. I had this idea. One other game did close to it, not fully to it. After um, later on, let's just say big time, um, they kind of did what i thought so I, I went to this games company and, and pitched i saw what they're going to do and i said i don't like it this is what i like do you want to do it what i like um one one thing is it's a social game and there's a social aspect to it and minting 
very rare items will be done in public. That's one. That's a bit of alpha. So you don't. You will mint in the game the item, and there will be a public viewing of the minting of the item. Interesting. You need TK EVM for that. Yeah. So that you can narrow it down to. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So you're playing a game, and you are collecting resources and you collect the resources you need to create a super rare item and you can you punch those ingredients in during playing the game and in in-game action that the whole world can see happens because of that mint interesting <laughs> you don't sound too excited you think I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to picture it I'm I'm like it, like it, is this like some some monument that like uh you you like go to and it it ejects your item that you you you've created or what? I'm gonna leave that up to your imagination, dude. I I want to see it like come out of a fucking <laughs> volcano or something like. <laughs> some oh shit! Someone's yeah. minted something. Let's go see what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Has anyone done that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't I'm probably going to get shot for saying this out loud, but you, you luckily got, you, you got to well you're going to get shot in the town square where everyone's watching you mint your item. I mean like the my team's going to be a little bit upset. We're <laughs> 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 not the the releasing this yet and someone comes out with it in 3 months time where where they're going to literally kill me for for dropping I this but it. I thought Yeah, we 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 don't have like a 1000 people listening. No one listens to us anyway. <laughs> We're just talking to ourselves all day long. So one day we'll, they'll work out that this was actually leaked. <laughs> I know, right? Oh man. Yeah, so, so I'm very happy to uh, fulfill a dream, to be honest with you, to work on a game, like in some capacity. I've always wanted to, you know, I learned to code because of I wanted to build a game. You know, I, I learned to, I got into IT throughout my whole life with different IT jobs because I was a gamer from the age of six. Um, you know, I, re I took to school when I, was in, when I was seven years old, when I went, we had to take a book into school and I read the programming book from a Commodore 64. You know, so, awesome. <laughs> you know, like it's, I was a nerd from a young age. And so, yeah, it's very exciting to be taken seriously and the ideas, they love the ideas and they want me to come up with the design and, of it and we'll work together as a team to, to finalize it. But that was one little leak. We're going to do a special minting, in, like a ceremony in public for anyone that's logged on to the social part of the game. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty awesome. Congratulations on that, man. Thanks, man. Sweet. Yeah. So that's uh that's the episode. Appreciate uh, Isidro again for taking the time to come on talk to us about Battle Darby. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's uh I think it's a sleeping giant, and we'll see how if it uh, comes out of that state to the what I believe it'll be. What did you end up? You didn't actually end up guessing a number, did you? Did you say in the means? Yeah, between two and five mil. You get one number. It doesn't uh, matter. Let's. I mean, three point five. I, I say five. I'll go five. to the high end. Okay. Yeah. 
I think it's such a simple game that can be picked up by a lot of people very easily, and it's very catchy. It's very feels like very AAA. It, like the movement and the camera is really, really crisp feeling, which is part of the problem with mobile games when they just feel clunky, you know. And they've got Absolutely, that right. So yeah. I think with the right marketing, they could take off. So we'll see. Awesome. Look thanks for thanks for that. Thanks for the session again, mate. It was a lot of fun after a week off. Absolutely. Good stuff. We'll see you guys next week. See you.